All right, hey CRC. Uh, listen, I know this is still super different. It's gonna be super different for me, and I'm sure every, your whole life has been uh, super different from you, but um, for some reason, and we talked about this last week, God has a plan in having us in all these different places, so this is what preaching is gonna look like for this week, and uh, I just really hope that God will work in a really powerful and mighty way through the word being preached um, through this different delivery format. Um, so just before I get going, just one quick disclaimer. Uh, this week I actually made like a proper PowerPoint and I don't want you to get spoiled because <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I'm sure you know, that's not usually the way things work here, but we man, We've got this different format, so I wanted to make sure that you're able to see, find all the verses, and if you need to go back, um, find all the references, that sort of thing. So I'm gonna have PowerPoint, everything's gonna be in here just like you're used to seeing. Um, so I guess just as I was thinking about how to prepare for this week, one of the, I guess, best pieces of advice that I've seen um, being presented, and I, and I can't give credit to whoever I saw tweet this. I saw it tweeted somewhere, and it said, pastors, whatever you do during this time, just preach the gospel. Um, it's so easy to feel like we just need to lean in and only talk about all the things that are going on. But if we can just, you know, focus on the simple preaching the gospel, knowing what it is that we believe and just proclaiming the name of Jesus, that that's going to be the greatest thing that we can do um, just to just to talk about Jesus. So honestly, our plans are going to remain uh, unchanged. We're going to we're going to preach the gospel this week. We're going to take some time and we are going to um, just really talk about Jesus. And so that's what uh, this sermon, the series is going to be about. It's called Let's Talk About Jesus. And so um, that's what we're going to do because the most important thing that we can do right now is just continue to be prepared to preach the gospel to others that we may see because we're living in a time where people are going to be really responsive to hearing what is going on in the world and we have that answer so our hope is that and my hope is that as we go through this together that we can um, just be prepared to really lean in and talk about the truth of the gospel to others but also and we talked about this last week, this can be a time where we're all a little uneasy. There's a lot of mystery going on about what's going to be next, where we're going in this. And I just think it's so important that we preach the gospel and be prepared to preach the gospel to ourselves. Uh, remember the truth of what it is that we believe. Um, and so I just want to start this morning by, um, I guess, Reading this simple word here, uh, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Uh, I'm going to read verses 1 through 11. And it says, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed it in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. 
Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared to me also. For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And this grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether it was I or they, so we preached, and so you believed. So for the next few weeks, I, this was the plan all along before things changed, but we just really want to talk about Jesus. We want to preach the gospel to ourselves. We want to remind ourselves what it is that we believe in case we get those opportunities that God gives us to share the gospel with others. Uh, and so just to kind of give you an idea of where we're going, we're going to talk about Jesus. Um, so before I continue, let's just, let's just go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and pray uh, for you, wherever you are watching, um, and just that the gospel would be present in our hearts. Uh, so let's pray. Um, God, I just pray that, that this time, this, this new format, this new way of existing for many of us, um, you would just reveal to us the amazing things that you are accomplishing right now. And I just pray that you would take this opportunity, this, this chance to share the gospel in so many new ways, through so many new means, and that you would make much of yourself um, and that you would continue to grow your church, build your church, draw us closer together so that um, your name might be made great and so that this world who is living amidst chaos and fear um, would know the hope that we have believed in for so long. In Jesus' name, amen. So I just want to give you a little heads up as to kind of where we're going. Um, but like I said, for the most part, we're going to talk about Jesus. We're leading up to Easter. This is our big time of year as Christians, as the church. Um, this is our big holiday. It's coming up. It's going to look a little bit different this year, it looks like. But uh, that doesn't mean that that he has changed or that he will change. So uh, just to kind of give you an idea of where we're going, first thing is that today we're going to talk about why Jesus came as a man. Why did Jesus have to come as a human? What was it that, that compelled God to send him in this way? And why is that so important for us to understand and believe and be able to talk about Jesus in that way? Um, after that, we're going to talk about why it was that Jesus had to die. That's going to be for next week. Um, understand why it was that that was the means, that, again, that God chose for that. And then uh, as we celebrate Easter, uh, which is where we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, we're going to talk about why Jesus uh, had to rise again, why, why the sacrifice wasn't enough, but the completion, the resurrection of Jesus was so um, important to us. Um, but like I said, we're going to start this week uh, talking about why Jesus uh, came as a human. And so uh, I'm going to give us, and again, I've got, like I said, this is way more organized than I ever have been, I feel like, in my whole preaching career. So uh, enjoy it while <laughs> I'm feeling this able to kind of um, organize this stuff for you this well. But the first thing that we want to talk about is that Jesus had to be fully man to fulfill the promises of God. So this is the first thing we're going to start. So we're going to start from the very beginning. And, and I know that this is a verse that we have talked about um, off and on very frequently here at CRC. Um, but it's just so foundational to all that we believe. 
And so this is Genesis 3.15, uh, and it says, and this is, this is God speaking to the serpent right after the fall. He says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Um, and, and, and if you've been here any amount of time, you know that the, the fancy like church word that we use for this is to describe this as the proto-evangelion, the very first time that the gospel was going to be presented, the very first time that God said, everything's broken, sin has broken everything, but here's the thing, I'm going to do something about sin. And so it's really exciting to get to hear, not just that God says he's going to fix it, but, but to kind of talk about what we're talking about this morning, he says he's going to fix it through a man, right? I will put him to you in the woman between your offspring and her offspring. It's going to be one of her children. It's going to come through. Salvation was always meant to come through someone who would be born into this world, into a human, somebody who is fully man, somebody who would walk the earth just like you and I do. Um, and so that gospel, that original telling, included this promise of Jesus' humanity. Uh, continuing on this thought, uh, Isaiah 7, 14, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Um, and Emmanuel, of course, meaning God with us. That it's not just that he's near us, it's not just that he's aware of us, but he is physically going to be here with us. That was the promise that God made, that, that Jesus would walk among us, that we would, um, we would experience having him here with us. There wouldn't be this kind of separation. That we, don't, we, aren't, we aren't deists that believe that God created all of this and then walked away and is no longer connected to us. We, we believe that he was physically here. He came to fix this personally. He took this upon himself so that God would be here with us physically within his creation. 2 Samuel chapter 7 verses 12 and 13. This is where God is making some really big promises uh, to David. Um, he says, when your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you who shall come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Right? So see what he says there, who shall come from your body. Like this is going to be a man. This is a real person. God is physically sending his son to us. Uh, and again, it's just this, all this evidence pointing toward God promising a physical answer to sin. He's physically going to send somebody. But, but like I said, the point was that, that Jesus had to be fully man first because God said he would be. He promised that he was going to send a man. And, and John chapter 1 really is the perfect answer to that. And the word, that is Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. We've seen the realization of the actual God in heaven, the son of God, Jesus, coming here and being made flesh, being real. There are lots of different uh, religious uh, traditions uh, throughout the history of the church that have tried to explain Jesus' being here in a lot of different ways. They've said God became Jesus who became the Holy Spirit, but, or, or some who have said that Jesus was here, but he was a, 
spirit. He just kind of looked like a man, but he was never physically here. But God has promised that he was sending his son to physically be here. He was going to be fully man. One of Jesus' favorite names for himself was the son of man. He was here. He was present. He was with us. Jesus had to be fully human, fully man to fulfill that promise from God. And and the fact that he did come in that way, again, just speaks to the consistency of our God, that when he promises to do something, he follows through with the things that he says he's going to do. Um, So that's the first point. Jesus had to be fully man to fulfill the promises of God. Secondly, Jesus had to, I'm skipping ahead, Jesus had to be fully man so that he could relate to us. So that he, it wasn't just an impersonal sort of, he's going to snap his fingers, fix everything. Um, We've been, I mean, I don't know what all you've done during your your break, but we've been watching uh, The Good Place, which I've never watched before. Uh, I can't remember laughing out loud nearly as much as I have so many times, and we're only, you know, a few, a handful of episodes in. Maybe we've started the second season. I don't know. But it's just hilarious. But um, I'm going to spoil just a little bit. There, there's a character in there who every time something seems to break, the way he seems to fix it is just snaps his fingers and resets everything, fixes everything again. And, and certainly if God had designed creation that way, he could have snapped his fingers and just fixed everything. But he chose not to. He chose to fix this sin problem, to restore us um, so that so that he could, in a way that was relatable, in a way that was personal, because he personally wanted to interact. He personally cared for us. It was a it was a personal relationship that we broke when sin entered the world, and he wanted to restore that relationship in a personal, meaningful way. So Jesus had to come. Jesus had to walk among us in a personal way, so that he could relate to us. His his connection to us was a was a real, tangible, personal thing. So we're going to start in Hebrews chapter 2, uh, verses 17 and 18. It says, Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Jesus has experienced the human life in, in every way that, that we have. Um, you know, it's one of those like when you're a kid or when you're an employee or you have somebody who's an authority over you and you're frustrated, things aren't going well, your life is hard or your job is difficult or things are painful or whatever. Um, you can tend, you know, shake your fist at your parents or your boss and say, you just don't understand what it is that I'm feeling. You don't, you don't understand what it is that I'm going through. And, and that we can't, as creation, as created beings, as humans, as people, as the church, we don't have that excuse for the reason that we tend to act out because, because God really has experienced um, everything that we have in a real tangible way. He is, in any, any way that we've suffered, he's suffered. Anything that we've been tempted to do, he has been, a, he has been tempted to do in every way that we could possibly um, have. And, and, and where we are tempted and where we are tried and where we are, you know, pulled toward this or 
felt pain and responded in some sort of really lashing out negative way or saying, God, you don't know what you're doing, or God, why are you doing this? Jesus didn't respond in that way. He was able to experience all of those things and yet do so without sin. Um, I know this isn't going to be the most encouraging verse, but in case you're feeling like everything's so crazy around us right now, everything's so bad, or, or man, when I talk about how I still have all this faith in Jesus and all this hope, and the world says there is no hope, everything's going bad around us, uh, this is not different from something that Jesus has experienced. John 15, uh, 18 through 20, he said, If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. And I know this isn't necessarily the news that or the word that we're always wanting to hear. Everything's really bad, or I'm speaking about having all this hope in Jesus, and so much of the world is just, you know, lashing out against people saying, well, I trust that Jesus can fix this. And they're like, no, only science, or no, only this, or only, you know, everybody has their own opinion about solutions or what's going to make things better. But we as the church have this hope, and, and even though we have this hope, the world around us doesn't believe in that same hope. And so when we speak about the hope that we have, this truth of the gospel, it's not surprising that we face kind of a negative reaction or the world might laugh at us or say, this isn't going to fix anything. This isn't the real solution. But, but we have experienced this in the same exact way that Jesus did. I mean, we're going to talk about why he had to die next week and... I mean, if you think about it, he experienced every sort of rejection to the fullest degree that we could. Um, and he, he went through all of that and can say, I know how you feel. So if you feel isolated, um, if you feel separate from the world, if you feel like you have, and this isn't just during a pandemic, this is, this is any time, any time that, that we may feel you know, left out or alone or isolated or separated from the world around us because they've rejected us because they don't like the things that we're saying. That's exactly what Jesus went through. So you're only more like Jesus when you feel that kind of rejection and that kind of, that kind of pain. But I just, I think it's so important that we as the church recognize that, you know, that Jesus has gone through those things first on our behalf. Um, so that when he's gone through those and come out the other side, he can say, I still have hope. I still am the answer. And we, we have that hope um, to believe in. Um, so Jesus had to be first fully man so that he could fulfill the promise of God. Jesus had to be fully man so that he could relate to us, so that he connect to us. Uh, and then third, Jesus had to be fully man so that he could resolve sin. I'm going to go back to Genesis chapter 3, which is kind of where we started. But again, the first promise that God made right after was that he was going to send a man who's going to fix sin. I know that this language is sometimes confusing. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. But, but what is being said, what God is saying here in this moment is, Satan is going to strike a blow against Jesus. Ultimately, this, this promised human, this promised man, this promised offspring of 
Adam and Eve would come and, and sure, Satan was going to strike a blow. He's going to kill him. And we're going to talk about that again next week. But that, that act of victory, that seemingly completed act of victory for Satan was ultimately God's greatest victory over sin because that is where he's going to bruise the head. He's going to completely annihilate uh, his enemy. That's where sin is going to be fixed, where everything's going to be finally kind of put to rest, where no longer are we going to have to worry about how are we going to make amends with God. God is going to, to fix this. The human that was promised is the one who would defeat sin, and, and he had to come as a human so that he could defeat sin. Romans 5.19, For as by the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's disobedience. So, sorry. So by one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. So by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. So through Adam, sin entered the world, right? Uh, and, and ever since, as sons of Adam continue to be born, there continues to be sin present in the world. We're born into sin. But by this one man... This one promised human that God was going to send, that was how God was going to fix everything. So just, it's a perfect answer. You know, I use movie examples all the time, but the things that tend to make me happiest in movies are when something is set up in the very beginning of a movie only to be answered right at the very end. Like, oh, I don't want to spoil it, but there's a, there's a particular part uh, of one of my favorite movies from last year, Knives Out, where right at the beginning, one of the main characters says this line uh, talking about another character and his understanding of um, the way that knives work. I'm just going to leave it at that because I don't want to spoil it. But he's talking about that. And there's this perfect answer to that, um, that line at the very end of the movie, right before the credits roll, where you have this amazing kind of throwback, this callback to what was said at the very beginning, and you have this aha moment, you know, and, and I think that the, the beauty and the balance of what God is doing with the truth of the gospel, that it, it started with one man, and he's fixing it with one man. At the very beginning, that answer to, to the breaking of this relationship that we had with God, where God has severed, our, we have severed our relationship with him. He's bringing us back together through the work of one man. And in this case, that one man uh, is Jesus. Jesus was the second and perfect Adam. The only way that God could, that God could choose to fix sin was through another man. And, and, and by being a man and by reconciling us to God, now Jesus can become, he, he's become our connection back to God. First uh, Timothy Two, five. This may sound familiar if you remember the song Mediator that we sing here uh, at CRC many Sunday mornings. Uh, it says, for there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. And, and what he's saying is that Jesus is now perfectly able to speak on our brow. He's our perfect priest. We no longer need another human to connect us to God. We connect to God directly through Jesus. 
and, and he can perfectly bridge this gap, this great divide between us and God because of our sin, because he is fully God. He is fully divine, but yet he is fully man like us. And so only he is able to perfectly become our perfect mediator, our perfect connection between us and God. And again, we read this earlier, Hebrews 2, 17 and 18. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God. He is our perfect high priest. We no longer need the blood of bulls and goats, and we're going to talk about that next week. We no longer need the the sacrificial work that the priests would do, and we're going to talk about that again next week. But rather, we have our perfect high priest in Jesus who is perfectly able to connect us to God because of that that perfect balance of divinity, fully God, fully human. And if he had not come that way, I don't think he would have been able to connect us to God in that perfect way. He went through all that he went through so that he he could be our help. He could be our connection back to our loving Father. Because ultimately, Jesus became a man because he loves us. And, and, and I can think of no better way to kind of round out this, this talk, this discussion, than to just remind ourselves and be ready to tell others about the fact that Jesus came here because he loves us, because he wanted to do something amazing for us, re- reconcile us back to God, bring us into the family of God, adopt us into the family of God as sons and daughters. Um, and I know that maybe I overuse this passage, and I know I talk about it a lot, but this, this, this passage from Philippians chapter 2 to me really just is the perfect answer, the perfect description of Jesus' feelings about coming forward, being made like us, um, living here physically among us, because it says Philippians chapter 2, Uh, five through eight, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And again, he, he, Jesus, could have remained fully God at the right hand of God up there, um, just continuing to serve in all of these different divine ways. But instead, he didn't think that that was worth holding on to because he loved us and wanted to restore this relationship, this connection that we have back to him. Um, Jesus was willing to set aside all of that glory and and become like us, to to limit himself in such a powerful way so that he could come walk among us because he loved us and because he wanted to fix this great chasm, this great divide that was between us and God. And so that is the greatest, I think, telling of the gospel, that, that we have a God who was not willing to just remain that way, but to humble himself, to come be here, to be like us, to walk with us, to experience the things that we have experienced, to to make a way for us to be restored back to him. 
Uh, and that, to me, that's just the truth of the gospel. And that's the hope that we have as the church. That's the joy that we have as the people of God. And so um, I don't know where you are as you're hearing this. Uh, maybe this is the first time because it's one of the first times we've posted sermons like this out there. Maybe this is the first time that um, you're hearing this. Uh, maybe you've heard this before, but you've rejected it or you haven't, you haven't really understood the, the joy or the hope that people had, um, but maybe that's working differently. And if that's you, I want you to hear that we have this hope, even amidst all this crisis, but, but even once this crisis has gone away, there's still going to be brokenness and awful things that happen in the world. We're still going to walk through challenging times um, as, as humanity. And, and the truth of this gospel, this, 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 this Jesus that we talk about is the perfect answer to that. And, and he went through all of this. He became like us. He walked here so that we could know that hope, so that we could be, you know, connected to him in this way. And I mean, if you are saved, um, if you, if you know this hope, be reminded of this truth. Like we're building back toward Easter. We remind ourselves this time of year about the, the joy of knowing a resurrected Savior and what that has meant for us. But, but preach this gospel to yourself. Preach this gospel to your family, to your friends. Remind yourself of this truth that we believe in so that we as the church can be filled with confidence even amidst difficult trying times, even when we're facing things that we don't fully understand or we don't know what's going to happen next or we don't know when our job's going to come back to being the same or we don't know when we're going to have a job or we don't know where our next steps are going to be. But, but know this, um, we have a great hope that is in Jesus. And uh, I just want to pray for our church, for the believers uh, that are hearing this, and for those of you who maybe don't know this hope in this way, and I just want to pray that maybe God would open your heart, open your eyes to see this truth uh, in a powerful way. So uh, I'm going to pray for us, and we'll go from there. God, um, I just want to thank you for the hope that we have in you, the truth that we know that what Jesus has done for us um, is a powerful and amazing thing. And God, I just pray that you would open eyes and ears to see and hear, open hearts to desire um, this hope, this, this great answer to all of the pain and suffering that we see around us in our world that is a result of our sin, our brokenness. And God, I just pray that you would um, open eyes and hearts to desire Jesus and and. And if you're hearing this prayer and you want that, I just pray that you would surrender your life to him, surrender your life to Jesus, follow him, um, and just connect to him in a meaningful and powerful way. Um, and God, I just pray for the church right now that you would continue to provide ways for us to connect as a community and, and not, not forget those who are isolated or disconnected or away and alone, but God, that you would Help us to continue to find ways to build community with one another, continue to connect to one another, but continue to, more than anything, um, just be reminded of the hope, the truth that we know that is in Jesus. And so I pray that you would make much of him during this time of separation, but God, that our separation wouldn't be led to isolation, that, that joy, that hope, that community that we have in Christ would just continue to grow all the more as you give us creative ways and creative new means 
of bringing glory to your name. And God, I pray that, that through this whole situation that we find ourselves in, that you really would um, make much of your name, um, make much of your son during this time. And it's in his name that I pray.